us from Acts chapter 3. If you have your Bibles with you, you may turn there at this time. It is also printed in the uh, worship flyer for tonight, Acts chapter 3. We're going to be reading the first 10 verses of this chapter. Acts 3, beginning at verse 1, we hear now is God's word. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man, lame from birth, was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the Beautiful Gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk, and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple, asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, tonight we continue our study of the book of Acts, the record of what Jesus continued to do in the church by the power of the Holy Spirit. We have seen that Acts gives us a glimpse into what that early New Testament church was like. We saw last time that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and the prayers. They were devoted to the things of God. And also we read that awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Tonight, we're going to look at one of those wonders and signs that was done. The healing of the beggar at the temple. Now kids, when I was growing up, and when I was in Sunday school, we had a song about this. I don't know if you still sing that song or not. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He went walking and leaping. I better stop it. Uh, but that's what we sang when we were kids, a song about this particular text. And we're going to look at this text tonight because it is such a beautiful picture of God's work in the life of that early New Testament church, and also a picture of what God continues to do in his church even today. Wonders and signs, the healing of the lame man. We read that now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate 
of the temple. A man is there who finds himself in a hopeless condition. He is lame and has been lame from birth. Now we know from uh, the end of this story in chapter 4, this man is over 40 years old. For 40 years, he has been living with this condition. Never able to stand up, never able to walk around, not able to go where he wanted, when he wanted. An ongoing, persistent condition. He was born this way, his whole life, a man lame for over 40 years. A man lame from birth was being carried. He was dependent on others. He couldn't just decide to get up and go somewhere if he wanted to. Always reliant on someone else. Never self-sufficient. Not able to just do what he wanted, but always having to ask help from someone else. That can be a frustrating condition not able to go where we want, when we want, being reliant on others. A man, lame from birth, was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple. Daily at the gate where he would ask alms of those entering. Unable to do meaningful work unable to be productive in society, but daily, day after day after day, a beggar. Not one who could contribute, but a beggar. One who had to continually ask for help from others. Sometimes we get a little frustrated with our work, but work is a blessing for us. Ask anyone who's been out of work. Work is a blessing. To be able to labor with your hands and be productive is a good thing. This man daily, dependent, unable to contribute. And no end in sight. This was his condition. This is the way it had been for 40 years, and very likely the way it would be for the next 40 years. He found himself in a completely hopeless situation. Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. Verse 3, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. It was the practice of the day that when you went to temple, you would, of course, bring your gifts along with you. Now, beggars who would sit outside would ask for gifts as you went in. They would ask so that you could make a public display of your giving. Now, it's one thing to have your gift and quietly go in the temple and perhaps put it in the box in the back, but it's more glorious to have a beggar come up to you and you can make a production of how generous, how magnanimous you are as you give this gift to a beggar who's who's reaching for a handout. That's what he's hoping for. He's looking for someone who will want to make a public display of their giving to show everyone else how great they are. 
He expected something great. Verse 4, And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. This man must have thought he hit, he hit it rich. These two men coming up, and they say, Look at us. Watch what's going to happen. He expected something fantastic. He expected a great gift. He thought he struck it rich. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. What happens? Peter says, I have no silver and gold. How his heart must have fallen. He thought these were the guys. These are the ones. I've struck it rich. They said, look at me. They want to make a demonstration. And the first words out of their mouth, I have no silver and no, no gold. That's what he expected to receive from them, silver and gold. That's what he wanted to receive from them, silver and gold. I have no silver and gold. But... What I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. That was something he never expected. He never imagined that someone coming into the temple would actually heal him. He, it appears, was content simply to receive the alms. Give me, my, give me the alms, something to care for myself. Never thought to even ask for healing. Never expected healing. And yet that is what Peter and John give to him. I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Peter addresses his most important need. Not the need uh, uh, just for money, but Peter addresses his true need. He is lame. He's unable to walk. He can't care for himself. That most basic, fundamental, deepest need beyond his imagination is the gift that he receives. I have no silver and no gold, but in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. His true need is met by Peter and John. What a beautiful picture we have here of God's continuing work in the church today. I mentioned this morning about our prayer life. How often with our prayer life we ask for such surface things. We ask that God might forgive the actions that we do, that God might forgive the words that we say, rather than getting at our true need. Our true need is a heart that is broken for the Lord. A heart that desires to live for Him. We so often simply ask for the silver and the gold the superficial things, rather than asking that God deal with the real problem. 
a heart of anger, a heart of lust, a heart of jealousy, a heart of bitterness. Lord, root that out beyond simply the silver and gold, taking away the consequences of that sinful heart. We're so often content with the superficial when God God is able to meet our deepest needs, changing our hearts. Sometimes we we look for the silver and the gold when it comes to uh, finding a church in which to worship. Uh, Maybe in God's providence at some point we'll be uh, called to move someplace else uh, because of job or some other reason, and we, we look for a church. What is it we look for? Well, what do you look for in our congregation? Often the first question I get when people call about our church is, can you tell me about your ministry for children? Do you have something for young adults? Is there something for high school-age children? Do you have a good fellowship in your church? Is there hospitality going on? And almost no one, almost no one has ever asked me, tell me about the way in which the gospel is preached in your church. Is the gospel even there? That's our most fundamental need. When we we find a church where the gospel is being declared faithfully Lord's Day after Lord's Day after Lord's Day, all these other things, the silver and the gold, they will fall into place. They will find their proper place. We need to remember what's truly important. The preaching of the gospel, that is the power of God for the salvation of all who believe. We are so thankful that that God has allowed us in our congregation to continue that, although right now many of the other things have gone away. The last couple months, so we had to cut short many of the Bible studies, cut short Sunday school and catechism and, and all these other things. Nursery is gone and fellowship has been diminished. But God has allowed us to continue every Lord's Day to have a ministry of the Word. That's That's fundamental. All the other things are good, they're fine, they're wonderful. But we, must, we must keep our focus on what is most important, not, not the silver and the gold, but our deepest need to hear the ministry of the Word. Because there's always so much temptation, even, even in an established congregation, even in a solid congregation, there's always temptation to see what else we can offer. What else can we do? What other program can we add? And it's not bad to add other programs as long as I never take the place of the ministry of the gospel inside the church and the ministry of the gospel outside the church. I have no silver or gold, but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. In the name of Jesus. Jesus, whose very name means God saves. Jesus, who came to do the will of his Father, to perfectly accomplish salvation for each and every one of God's chosen. Jesus, the one who saves completely. Jesus of Nazareth, one they may have known. They may have heard the stories of his power, of what he had done. Perhaps had heard the story of the crucifixion, the resurrection, even the ascension. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that powerful name is fundamental to the message of the gospel. Not just how to get along in life, not just how to be a better husband or wife or employee or whatever it might be, 
Who is Jesus and what has he done? Knowing his life and death and resurrection, not the silver and the gold, but our most fundamental need, Jesus Christ, a sinner's Savior. That's the message we bring again tonight. Putting our faith, our hope, our trust in him. Not being distracted by the things of the world. Silver and gold I do not have. What I have I give you, the name of Jesus Christ. Notice what happens in verse 7. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. This healing was done in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. It was Jesus' power that healed the man. But it was Peter's words and Peter's hand that lifted him up. Again, a beautiful picture of our role in the church. We know that salvation comes from God. He is the one who changes hearts. He is the one who calls his own. But so often, God does that through us. We are the ones who are called to bring that message, the message of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, his life, his death, his resurrection, God's power, God's word, but our hands that minister that truth. We have received the gift of the Holy Spirit. We talked about Pentecost, the outpouring of the Spirit of God upon all of his people so that all may be used by God to bring this glorious message. It is God's work. It is Christ's power. But it is our hands that bring this beautiful message. Who might God be placing in your life? Maybe there is someone at work who, who has demonstrated some interest in you or the things of the gospel. Maybe there's someone of your neighborhood. Maybe, maybe it begins with our family, ministering to them. God's work, Christ's power, his name. But our hands, our actions to minister God's purposes. I encourage you to pray that God might use us for this glorious purpose. He gets all the glory. He gets all the praise. But he uses human means. In Jesus' name, the man was healed. But Peter reaches out and helps him get up. What was the, uh, the nature of that healing? Verse 8, we read, And leaping, he stood up and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. This was no halfway healing. The man didn't, you know, get up, and, and his knees were still sore, and he's kind of hobbling around, and, and has he really been healed or not? No. This was no halfway healing. He is strong again, not hobbled. He is able to get up and walk and leap and praise God. No halfway healing, and so there is no halfway response. 
He doesn't say, oh man, I'm glad that's over with, now I'm okay again. There's no, there's no mediocre response. He's overwhelmed by what God has done. Leaping, praising God. He couldn't keep quiet. For 40 years he had dealt with this. And now he was freed. He could get up. He could walk. He could jump. He could run. All of these things. No halfway healing and no halfway response. We in the church have received an even greater blessing. We talked in our uh, Canons of Dort series about how we are not sick with our sin, but we are dead in our sins. The, the wonders, the signs that God does for us is not simply taking someone who is lame and not letting them walk. Even greater, He takes someone who is dead and brings them back to life. We who were dead in transgressions and sins have been given a new life by the power of Jesus Christ. In His name, we have been raised up. A full healing, a full restoration, nothing halfway. Christ has done everything necessary to assure our salvation. And our response should be in proportion to what he has done. But so often we are content. Rather than walking and leaping and praising God, to simply stand quietly in the corner. Not share what has happened to us. Not share the fact that we were dead and brought to life in Jesus. Don't miss what happened. Uh, he got up, leaping, began walking, and entered the temple with them. That was his beeline. He wants to go in the temple. He wants to go and praise God. He had been on the outside, on the steps, waiting, unable to go in, year after year after year, seeing the people go into the temple to worship, and he was not able. Now, this lame man who was outside is now able to come in. He is able to enter the presence of God. We have that same blessing. We who were dead are now made alive, and God now welcomes us to come into his presence. That's, that's why we've been so longing to return back to in-person worship. We've been longing for this, to give praise to God, the God who has healed us, the God who's given us new life, the God who's done everything necessary, and we can't wait we can't wait to sing his praise. We can't wait to declare his glory. We can't wait for more instruction from him, Lord's Day after Lord's Day. This man was a changed man, and it was noticeable. Verse 9, and all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. They recognized him. He looked the same, but different. They knew he was the one that used to be out in front asking for alms. They recognized, but he was different. He was now walking. He was leaping, and he was praising God. His encounter with Peter and with the God of Peter 
with Jesus Christ of Nazareth changed him. He looked different to others. Tonight, once again, we have entered the house of God. We have come into his presence. As we go back to our work this coming week, will it be evident to those around us that we've been in the presence of God? Will there be a noticeable difference in our lives? As we go back to our jobs where people say, you know, I recognize you, but there's something different about you. And we tell them that. It's an entrance point for the gospel. I got to go to church. I've been longing. I've been waiting. But I got to go with God's people into his presence to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And let me tell you what he did for me. A difference, a noticeable difference in our lives that affects those around us in the words that we say and the message that we now bring to them. Wonders and signs. In the New Testament, it was the healing of this lame man. For us today, something even greater. A dead, cold heart brought back to life. And so, in proportion to that response, we have gathered in God's presence, walking, leaping, praising Him. Once again, we've heard the word of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the word of the gospel, the word of life. And as we go out, that, that truth must be reflected in our lives, reflected in our homes, reflected in our work, reflected in our recreation with everyone around us. There's something different. We have been in the presence of God. We have heard once again the word of power of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Oh, may God use this word to change us that we might be a change to those around us. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, it is so easy for us to become casual about our salvation. For, for many of us, uh, we have known you for most of our lives. And it's easy for us to forget that we are those who stood in need of Jesus Christ of Nazareth and his power. Sin overwhelmed us like a burden too heavy to bear. But you, by your power, broke through that. His name was more powerful than any other name. Lord God, may that truth resonate with us once again this evening. May it be reflected in the way that we live in the week to come. May every part of our life seek to bring honor and glory to you because of your power, because of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Hear us, O God, for we pray in his name. Amen. We're going to turn once again to our worship folders, number 449. Number 449, fill thou my life, O Lord my God, in every part with praise, that my whole being may proclaim thy being and thy ways. We're going to sing all three verses, and let's stand together as we sing.
Following the singing of the doxology, I'd ask that you once again be seated as we prepare to exit church tonight. People of God, receive the parting blessing of our God. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. side doors for us. We're going to exit out the front and down the side aisles. There are baskets on either side for your offerings tonight, the offering for our Adopt a Student program. Uh, the ushers will dismiss us row by row, and we look forward even now to once again gathering in God's house next week. Have a wonderful week. Mm -hmm.